You're listening to Spraymakers, a podcast that dives deep into the world of slalom with Rossi and Trent. In this milestone 10th episode, the guys discuss their strengths and weaknesses on the water. They jump into what they do to combat their flaws and how they can use strengths to overcome any pass. I think you need to be able to identif- identify your strengths. Um, you have to know what you do well, but just as importantly, or maybe even more important, I think you have to, you have to be able to identify what, where, what your weaknesses are um, if, you ever, if you're ever going to address them. There, there's no doubt that uh, every single person has strengths and weaknesses. And if you aren't identifying those and, you know, you, you need to know your strengths so that you can capitalize on them and know that you have them in your back pocket. But you also need yeah. to know your weaknesses so that you can, like you said, identify them and then uh, highlight them and, and find ways to uh, to improve them, to to make them a strength. I mean, that's that's the that's my ultimate goal. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that goes back to, you know, like we're talking a, a couple of weeks back, you, you know, when you're coming up with your your early season game plan. Like for me, it's, 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 I know what my weaknesses are and that's, that's every year. That's my early season is, is um, whether it's chipping away or trying to find a different way of, of softening those weaknesses. So, you know, it, otherwise you're just going to keep doing the same thing over. Let me, so just take your scheme, you know, I mean, you've, uh, you've basically done it all. You've won almost everything podiumed at everything else that you didn't win. Um, you've had a, you know, crazy successful career. So, you know, just looking at your own skiing, your own skill set. If you had to identify what's the what's the single thing that you think is is the the your greatest attribute to your approach? What do you think? Uh, what do you think gets you so far? Ooh, ooh, yeah, uh, no. man, that that's that's called on the spot. You know what? I I'd say my my strength would be, or my strongest strength, or or one of them would be that I feel. You know, that I ski by yeah. feel, and I and I and I think that really goes back a long way in my skiing uh to the point that you know i grew up in vermont didn't have coaches you know and so you had to you had to figure things out on your own and and if you're just hammering away it's really hard to 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 try to figure things out on your own so i mean i i wish that i lived in texas uh, at this day and age, and I had a uh, had a Trent in my backyard that I could could uh, access and, and do. But unfortunately, we didn't have that. So, you know, I had to, I had to kind of figure things out on my own. And and I I would say that feel and being able to understand what my ski is doing and where my body needs to be yeah. has always been that focus. You know, and so I mean, it's almost an intangible what you're saying, but but. <clears throat> you're saying feel, but then, you know, you've, 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 you sort of slid in twice there that you have a, a keen sense of where your body is in relation to your ski. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so, you gotta, you, you gotta understand how your ski functions and in order for you to carve a turn, your body needs to do certain things or in order to maintain angle behind the boat without excess load or without, you know, losing direction off the second wake, you know, all those things that require your body to be in a certain place. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, that makes sense to me. And that makes sense to me when I watch you ski too, because you know, you're, you're not, you're, you're never running one static line. Like there it's, I mean, you're, you're as dynamic, you know, it meaning in, you know, in constant motion, uh, as, as anyone else I've ever seen. What, so <clears throat> that's, you know, all, uh, like, a bit of an intangible, you know, cause I, mean, I think that's something, you know, either it's a sense you either develop or you don't, or, or I mean, everyone develops it to, to some extent. I mean, it's, it's, it's an extension of some sort of biomechanical awareness, I, I guess. What about, what about a, a, um, a, a more less, you know, a, a more specific skill set? Like if you were going to look at, you know, 
you know, look at your, look at one of your, your passes, you know, what, what stands out like, ah, oh, man, I, 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 like I hit this so well that it, it opens up all these other, you know, all these other possibilities for me. I just say, you know, no matter how I come into a turn, I can, I can see where that line's going to come tight. And, and even when I'm not in the right position, I have the ability to manipulate my body and thus what the ski is doing in order to be in that stacked position at the finish of the turn. And I mean, I guess that to me, I would say that is, that's a strength of all top skiers, whether you're a pro amateur world champion, you know, any of that stuff, like you got to end up in that stack position from as wide as possible. And I can see where it is. I know where it is. I don't always choose it, but you know, I, I, I can get, (laughs) I can get darn close most of the time. Yeah. So what, what is that then? Is that, that's, that's, I guess that's like a sense of timing a little bit, right? Like you kind of know when the load's coming and and how quickly you have to move, you know, into position or, or is that, I mean, is that timing or is that, you think that's more of like a spatial awareness of where you are in relation to the boat or. I think that's, uh, I think that it's actually both of those things, you know, spatial awareness, you got to know where you are. You got to know, but you also have to be like, you have to be looking for that tight line turn. And, you know, when you're running, like for me, when I'm running a 32 off, I can run that crazy high line. I know exactly where that line is going to come tight. I can, I can arc my body and my ski right into that stack position from, let's say, you know, buoy line width, and then you're catching that and going. And then when you get to, let's say for me, 39 or 41 off that, that same line I'm looking for, you know, and that's, and that, and that becomes a, that becomes a mind game because, you know, your, your mind Hmm. wants to panic. It wants to think that it needs a tighter turn that it, that if you don't turn on the backside of the buoy, that you're going to, that you're going to be late or you're never going to have stand a chance at at running the pass. So, you know, just knowing that you, you have to, at 41, you can turn as hard as you want, but most of the time you're going to turn into slack if you do that. So you got to set this thing up. You got to see where that line and that finish is going to be. And yeah, you know, I'd love to say that I'm this crazy technical person, but the reality is, you know, it's, it's more about, uh, it's more about understanding where and when things need to happen. And then, yeah, you know, I do, I do, uh, I do, let's say cheat. You know, like I do skid turns, I do cut yeah, things yeah. off, I do things that I, I do not feel are ideal, but they put me in the position that I need to be in, and I'm willing to sacrifice some of that top end efficiency for being in that stacked position from the widest point. You know, even if I maybe blew it a little bit, better yeah. safe than yeah, sorry. I get, yeah, I get that. I get so then, then sort of then developing from there, and I and I think you know, kind of like where we started. This is probably the most important part. What what Looking back, you know, at at your at your skill set or, or reviewing your skill set, what what do you think? What's been the thing that's 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 you know like well like plagued you? And that's probably a bit of an overstatement, you know, because you you don't you don't really look like you're that plagued. But what I mean, what's what's plagued you? Though? What what keeps you from run, what keeps you from running forty one every single time? Do you have do you have like one specific weakness that you know you need to overcome even now? Trent, are you saying I'm not perfect? <laughs> Come on, man, spill it. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so here's the deal. I got I got a couple couple of quick comments. One, I actually kind of do uh, think that you know 
that I'm perfect. <laughs> in, in, actually, in a way, Damn you, it. you have to have that kind of you have to have that kind of confidence, and I know you know it. Yeah, and yeah. whatever, but you also have to have the humility that you know we are always working on things. And yeah. you know, I grew up on a I grew up public water skiing. You know, like so to to just because I became uh, you know uh, people might say a great skier or whatever. It uh, doesn't mean that every time I go out to ski, I don't have things that, that do it. So yes, I have things that plague me. My onside turn is got to be my nemesis. I just, <laughs> you know what, man, I, I watched, right. you know, I watch guys and, and, you know, you watch a T-Gas or uh, uh, Freddie Winter. I mean, geez, um, those guys can turn a, an onside like on a uh. dime. You know, they're perfectly Will stacked. Asher. Will, Will, Will Asher. Well, uh, I mean, Will Asher is the, is the visually easiest one to, to see. Uh, it, but- it makes it makes my knees weak, man. Like, and it's not the most efficient turn, but, but like just when he like does what he does on two ball, when he needs to do it, I'm, I'm just like, it's, uh, it's, it speaks to me, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, even, even Mapple, you know, like, I mean, that guy's uh, on, that guy's onside turn was massive. And, and, and pretty efficient. And, you know, I guess the key is that I would like is to have that in my back pocket. So when I, you know, when I am, you know, not in the ideal place and and I'm starting to panic and, and I could just go, wham, two ball back in the game. (laughs) Ha ha ha. Nope. That's not my life. The only good thing, (laughs) the only good thing on the flip side of that is that for me, a strength is my offside turn. And yeah. so, you know, I, I come into, to, for me as a righty, I come into one, three and five and I'm, I'm looking to attack, you know, I'm ready to yeah. go. I'm like, here we go. This is where I'm going to make up, uh, make up some, some area. This is where I'm going to be my strength. But, you know, if you look at it, you really, I think that, that, that's a, it's a balancing point and, and it's great to have an, uh, offside turn in your pocket. But I mean, if you look at efficiencies and things like that, it, it should be easier to be more efficient on your onside. So, uh, yeah. So then like, let's address that because I, I, you know, I I find that it's not as, as, as uncommon as some people might think. I find it all the time where, and everyone, everyone that tells me, man, it's my onside. That's a problem. They feel like they're the only one on the planet because just probably because it's titled your onside. Uh, But I, I find it a lot. So like what, um, what would be your advice then? Like for someone that's just struggling on it to, to have that, onside turn that they can depend on how do you how do you approach it in terms of like trying to trying to minimize your stated weakness how do you fix your onside turn wow well if i had that answer i guess i'd look like will or or uh, these guys but, <laughs> or how do you at least how do you at least like slow the bleeding or minimize the damage you know well, what, what, well how about how about this let, let let's break me down uh to why i think that that's happening for myself and then maybe mm-hmm. that'll relate to, to some other people so you know when i when i look at when I look at my skiing, I have a few things that I, I feel like are, are weak points in, in my skiing. And obviously I, like we just discussed onside turn is, is, uh, is my nemesis. So, but, but if, if your onside turn is, is, is something that's not working, then you need to back up, you know, you need to back up multiple stages because it's what's setting that up. That is actually yep. what, what is, a bigger issue probably for the most part or for the most uh, amount of people. So for me, I'd say my, my, my overall biggest weakness is uh, advancing, advancing my ski through the wakes. So meaning as I come into the first wake, 
I, you know, I, I skied, I skied, I, I learned to ski when it was hand driving, when it was, you know, a perfect pass. And now, and now we have zero off. So, you know, when I started skiing, you actually could in theory, make some time up behind the boat. So we loaded yeah. a whole heck of a lot more, uh, behind the boat than back in the day than we do now. Our skis were slower. We had less, you know, less efficient skis, let's say, and, and things like that. So, I would say that I developed this thing where I'd finish my term and then, you know, I'm progressing my lean into the wake. And then I, I believe it was a lack of, let's say I, I was stuck in where I was at. So I became static yeah. behind the boat a long time ago, you know, like when I was younger and developing my skills. And so yeah. the only way that I could create an edge change was to put pressure on the handle in a, I guess it would be sort of an inward pulling motion, just a little yeah. bit. And then using that motion to drive my feet forward and, yeah. and out in front of me. And, and I think the idea was that I was casting my ski out yeah, onto yeah. a wide path, right? Yeah. So, so casting your ski out sounds brilliant except that oh, it sounds awesome. feels right. terrible. <laughs> yeah. Well, it feels great at, at easy passes where you can, <laughs> yeah. you can be running that inside line, but really what you do when you cast your ski out like that is you're actually casting your ski out onto a path that it cannot travel on. And then you're also at the same time in order to put your ski on that path and, and adding that pressure with your upper body and the pull and, and whatever it was to create that release. I also pulled my body to the inside and yeah. to the back. So yeah. now I'm on the back half of my ski. I have a much smaller platform to be to be building an approach into the buoy on. I've got, I'm on a now I'm on an inside my optimal line arc. So I <laughs> so I shoved my ski out early which which sent me on a something that felt really good, but instantaneously yeah. that is that is uh, taken away and actually gone to the negative to where I'm running a more inside line than I would have had I not advanced my ski. So uh, that, it that, just, this, even, even like you describing that just elicits like just stress in my body, dude, just like, cause I mean, I do it too. And I'm, and, and, <clears throat> and it just like, it's such a helpless feeling, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, so I, I, I learned, I made this a staple in my skiing early on. And, and, and I will tell everybody out there, the, the longer you do something, probably the harder it is to break. So if yeah. you've been doing if this has been one of my staple moves for a long time, I ran, I learned to run 39 and 41 with this in my game. Um, yeah. and, and so, you know, I can, I can still understand that I utilize it. I, I get away with it there are things that it helps me with, but in the end, it's actually what hurts me. So, so going back to my onside turn or how to, how to improve an onside turn. Well, we gotta, we need to, we need to learn how to finish our offside, obviously in an ideal situation over our front foot, utilizing the front of the ski, allowing the ski to, you know, carve under the rope, uh, at the same time that we connect to our, to our, you know, power position or our stack position and, and be accelerating mm -hmm. from a nice wide point. Great. Now we need to build into the wakes. You know, we're trying to build our speed. We're trying to do that. And then as we come into center line, instead of trying to shove the ski forward, 
I'm actually wanting to stay right where I am and allow my body to come up over the top of my ski and not do all that move, which is all a wasted move. Wasted energy pulls me to the inside. And then to to get a better onside turn, I would like to be personally, if you look at my skiing, you'll see me, I, I see myself, my upper body or, or my body in general, too far back on my ski going into the first phase of the turn. Like when I'm in the pre-turn and I'm, let's say I'm going out towards apex, my body is too far back. So I'm not able to start to engage the front of the ski. So the front of the ski pulls and the tail slides. I'm more stuck over kind of the middle back of the ski. And what ends up happening for me is that I'm running a little bit inside of my optimal line that I could be if I were up over the ski. And thus, when I get to my apex or where I know I need this turn to be, my move has to be to shift back, push my rear foot through, which is a skid. And I skid into a little bit of a loose line because the line's not tight because I didn't ski all the way out in my pre-turn. And then that causes a delay, causes me to drop my shoulder, you know, causes me to find where that rope's tight. And then I'm having to adjust and uh, figure out where I am at that point and accelerate. So obviously I want to be accelerating the moment I finish that turn as close to the apex as possible. And thus at 41, that, that, that kind of comes in and hurts me, you know? And so, yeah, Yeah. I think, I think, I think that's That's kind of a thing. And that, that's, and I think that's a common one too. And I think given it's your onside turn, you know, you can really, you can hide that, that shortcoming a little bit. You know, I, I see it all the time. Like people, exactly what you're saying, like instead of actually transitioning, they're actually more just tipping to the inside ski shoots out in front of them and, and people will go their whole, you know, their entire ski careers without even understanding that, that that's a problem because you, they kind of, you know, with, with your, with your platform or your ski out in front of you, in front of you, as you enter that turn, you're, it's more of a fall. You're, you're kind of falling back, but because it's your onside turn and, and it's your open stance, you can kind of pivot on the tail, the boat will catch you. And, and it, it feels like this really powerful onside turn, but what the trickle down is in usually people are lost on their on on their offside and they're 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 you know they don't even understand that that there's nothing wrong with your offside turn it's it's what you're doing coming out of your onside turn you know it's it's this it's this tail pivot change of direction early load and and you're just getting railed into your two four so it, it's a it's a really common mistake that a lot of people you know don't pick up on um you know and my, my mine is is actually the, is the opposite side of the course like if i had a you know, look at what's the, you know, the one thing that's always, you know, plagued me, if you will, or held me back, or, or the one thing I'm always addressing each year is, is, is my, it's my offside turn. It's, uh, it's my uh, two, four as a lefty, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think mine's a little different. Like uh, mine isn't the result of the way I'm exiting my onside. It's not the way I'm exiting one, three, and it's, and it's not really a product of a poor gate. For me, it's, it's a, uh, <clears throat> it's uh, committing to the turn too early. It, it's from the center line out where even if I'm over top of my feet and even, even if I still have, you know, really good rope alignment and, and, and I'm on this really nice path, I, I co- routinely commit to the turn too early. I'll square my hips too soon. It, it's not even a matter of looking at the buoy because I'm, you know, I'm seeing it the whole time anyway, but it's, it's, it's committing to the turn, you know, instead of riding that swing, as high as I can and getting my tail to start drifting out, you know, naturally I, I just square run a run, you know, the last 
25 feet is going straight at the buoy because I'm so preoccupied with that turn. Um, now, so, so, you're, so you're getting ahead of yourself. 100%. It, it, yeah. yeah. And that's the, that's the easy way to just break it down. Like you're already thinking turn when we really need to be finishing off our acceleration zone and, yeah, and maximizing like, it on its outward, outward. Yeah, it, exactly. And, and that's, you know, we talk about, you know, okay, you know, addressing that stuff at the start of the year. And that's exactly what I do at the start of the year. I try and be more up you know, heighten my spatial awareness in terms of where am I in relation to the boat? Cause it doesn't matter where I am in relation to the buoy. You know, you can't, I always, I always tell people you can't get to your apex any faster. I mean, you, you know, that's, that's a product of the, of your speed into the first wake. But however, you can apex sooner just by cutting off your apex by not swinging as high. Right. Mm-hmm. So this time of year and, 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 you know, in the last couple of seasons, it has been bleeding in through, through most of the season where I'm just, I'm disregarding the course and, and really paying attention to, to my speed in relation to the boat, letting myself swing to the max height um, at any line length, at every line length, and letting the turn just be more of a, of a product of that upward swing. You know, um, I, I think that's, if anything, I probably have a really good offside turn because I've, I've learned how to, you know, how to actually move through that turn on sometimes a crappy line, but um it's uh and again that's a that's another really common problem with with people's offside is 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 uh, they're so preoccupied with not blowing the turn that that they that they in turn they they blow that the upward swing you know you know I, well first off one thing I'd like to say is uh, I've seen let's say in the last ten years an an insane improvement in your approach to your offside. And, and I think in my opinion, it's translated to, to let's say your meteor meteoric rise. I mean, like you're, you're what you're doing at, at your age, sorry, bro, but you know, like, Uh, no, no problem. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, to be, to be continually learning and to be continually evolving and, and actually improving that that's huge. And I, I see, you know, would you go back and say maybe early on, the the route started because you were taking too much behind the boat like you were you were trying to compensate for that offside turn so you figure if i go harder into the wakes or into the second wake it's going to spit me out wider and earlier so i might be able to make a better turn so i'm going to go harder into here and that and that is do you think that's the kind of mentality that you were having yeah 100 and 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 i think that's why you know, there's lots of discussion about left lefties versus righties and, and, you know, righties, righties have three offside turns, but <clears throat> I mean, righties typically have wonderful offside turns because what happens for a lefty is like one, you're coming, you're coming in on a, on a offside gate approach, if you will, yes. whatever. So most lefties really don't have as good a gate. So they end up getting really early load out of one, getting railed into two. So that's, yeah, that's exactly where, where, where my offside woes started and and i think that's why righties typically don't they don't have as much trouble with that offside it's because they have a really fast onside roll in on their gate uh and they're not dealing with that you know that early load and getting railed into the turn but no i think you're right that's exactly where it came from so so then like anxiety builds right and you're like okay offside don't blow this thing even if i come off on a good line i'll 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 way too often square to the buoy and, and start prepping for the turn when i needed to to just be holding that connection and just swinging to my high point. But 
So can, can you walk us through a little bit of maybe uh, that we can all see, we've all seen your, your, your advancement in that technique. So can you walk us through maybe some thoughts that have helped you to, to identify that and to, to make, to highlight it or make it better? Yeah. I mean, definitely my approach to that is, is goes back to, you know, we've discussed in the, this also in the past is the importance of being able to transition at center line. Um, so I, I let sort of, I let that guide me. And, and, and again, that early edge change has to be facilitated, not, not, not just, not just, you know, um, you can't just, you can't just edge change. You got to facilitate it. So mm-hmm. I really backed way up and, and thought about the, you know, the dynamics of, of accelerating my ski in relation to my body and, and really about, you know, what does increasing lean angle away from the bow, what does that actually give me? You know? And, and, and I really started thinking about, you know, letting my, letting my, <clears throat> my momentum, my weight, my lean angle, a, angle more over the tip of my ski and less away from the boat to, to create that, that swing of my feet. So as soon as I, I could, as soon as I didn't have to pull past the second wake, then that outward line got really, really easy because there's no opposing forces. Like if I'm on a flat ski behind the boat, I'm not, I'm not creating that excess load and then getting pulled or railed to the inside. So um, my approach I'm, one then is, is leaving my onside. <clears throat> don't lean, don't, don't create excess or, or additional lean away from the boat, but let that lean angle over the tip of my ski. So lead my feet all the way into the whitewash. Um, two, after that transition happens behind the boat, then it's really maintaining, um, that hip inside hip rope alignment, not letting the, 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 that load move off my inside hip is if it, if I let the handle away from my body and it starts to migrate up into my torso, I'm going to start getting opened up to the buoy. So if I just think about keeping my hip orientation, um, really constant as I leave the second wake all the way to the apex, then my, then my, my offside is taken care of. It's already done. Do you, do you have, do you have, do you have, I, I, I don't necessarily think of exactly like keeping my hip to that plate. Do you, what is it that's actually running through your head right there? Are you, are you really uh, yeah, just saying so, like keep my hip over my ski no, or what, what are you actually doing to, to create that? So if, if, if all things are correct, you know, if I've done my job out of one, three, five, got that early edge change, really all, it, I'm controlling hip orientation just through being like hyper, um, contracted through my core, like okay. ringing out my center, being as strong through my center as possible. Um, cause again, like, you know, hip orientation is, is really, you can't really, I can't really think about, you know, facing my hips in one way or another, you know, I'm balancing behind the rope and just letting my hips be where they, where they may, but, um, just, yes, being strong through my center. You know, and, and I'm glad you yeah. said that. I'm glad you said that because, uh, you know, I, I, I trained with Mike Parsons, uh, fantastic skier, great guy, you know, and, and, and we'll be skiing and, and some days he's lights out and some days, uh, you know, he's, he's almost there, but, but missing. And then he'll go, Oh, I, I, I keep forgetting to stay tight off the second wake. Yeah. And I ask him, I'm like, what are you talking about? And he said, oh, I got I to gotta always focus on keeping my core tight off the wakes. I tend to, to relax it and then, and then, I, then I lose all of my, all of my uh, you know, rhythm or, or, or flow out to that buoy. And uh, you know, that's something that I don't, 
have to think about. That's just part of my game. That's part of my game. I guess that was developed, but I think it's really helpful to have, have, to walk through this stuff and actually hear that. Yeah. And, and that is something I, I, that is something I think about. And, and and like I tell people all the time, you know, from the, you know, from the outside in or from the finish of the turn into the center, to me, that's, I mean, I'm engaged, but I mean, that's, to me, that's simple because I mean, you're perfectly aligned. Um, it's like the top of a deadlift, right? You're like deadlifting 450 pounds. Um, you know, a lot more if you were stronger than me, but anyway, if you're deadlifting like 400 pounds or whatever it is, once, once your hips clear and you're at the top, well, I mean, that's the easy part, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's simple, Mm -hmm. but when I leave the center line on the way out, that's where I, I feel like I'm at about 80% exertion, like almost as, as strong as I could be squeezing my center, you know, especially as the line gets shorter. I feel like that's where I'm like literally gritting my teeth, um, well, I shouldn't have said literally because actually it's figuratively. I'm not gritting my teeth, but I, that's where I'm working my butt off, man. I'm being so engaged, so strong, not letting anything move, even though it's it's it. There's not it's not I, I know, it's not a dynamic kind of portion, but that there's opposing forces. The boat's trying to tip you in. If you every inch you give with your center or with your arms, it's gonna it's gonna result in you running a little bit shallower or a little bit lower line. So uh, I think I think Mike's spot on with that one. And I always tell people the better your alignment, the more effective that cue is going to be. Mm. Well, I think it's, I, I mean, I think it's really interesting. I We don't, like we talked about it in, in a past episode that, you know, the swing is not necessarily, like the pendulum effect is not necessarily exactly what we're trying to do out here on the water. But like the mm-hmm. way I, the way I tell people is, you know, grab onto a rope swing and, and go down right? Going down, you're holding on, but for some reason it's not that hard. But when you hit the bottom of that swing and you start arcing up and you want to hold that energy so that you can swing up higher before you release that rope swing and, and, and jump off and do your, do your flip into the water or whatever you're going to do from the bottom to wherever you're going to let go, that it requires a tremendous amount of core strength, staying tight, holding on, don't release, or you're going to be that person who comes unraveled right at the bottom and explodes. And you can, you can watch Instagram and see those all day long on Epic Fails. And, and, and that's what people are doing when they're water skiing. They're letting go of, of, of their potential energy at the most critical time. We lose so much energy by, by, by disconnecting that core and not, not harnessing all of that hard work that we put in on the first half of the first half of the cut, you know, and, and I would say, you know, like what you said earlier, that there is a difference between lefties and righties. Uh, I boil it down to the fact that a right foot forward skier can enter the course with more speed because it's an onside cut that's more efficient. And so we, we enter with more speed and as a result, we have more speed coming out of our offside turn, which gives us more speed going into our onside. You know, I mean, it just it just it's very helpful yeah. to start that way. Lefties, I tend to see, you know, start slower. They come out of one with a really nice tight rope, but that they also know that I'm not fast enough to create that space that I want going into two four. And so they go so hard into the wakes to try to create that energy that in essence as soon as they hit that wake, there's so much pressure on the line that they end up disconnecting and giving it all back. And that's a very generalized term for lefties, but I would say a decent amount of lefties suffer from this. And what I, what we were getting at earlier is, is Trent, you've done an amazing job to highlight this part of your skiing and to, to turn that into a strength of yours. 
yeah, oh, well, yeah, no, I appreciate it. I mean, it's something I've worked a ton on. And I guess that, you know, that's kind of what this boils down to is, is if you can't take a, you know, a real truthful look at your skiing and, and, and as importantly as, as identifying what you're doing wrong, you, you also have to, you know, where, right back where we started, you have to know what you're doing, what you, like, what's in my tool bag, what, you know, what's the one thing that, that I can rely on that's going to get me out of this pass. And, and, uh, you've got to, you've, you've got to do, you've got to understand and appreciate both and address both. Um, if you're going to keep improving, right. Human nature is to work on your strengths. <laughs> and shy away yes. from your weaknesses, you know, and, and 100%. Hey, I'll, I'll give you another one. You know, obviously I'm a crazy fin tuning ski setting setup guy. And you know what, yeah. I'll, I'll go, I'll go to, you know, to changing my setup versus addressing a, an issue in my technique. And, and we all know those guys out there at the lake as well that, you know, have, have done that for their career too, that, you know, are 35 mm-hmm. off guys, you know, or, or, or less or yeah. more, but ultimately it, you gotta, you gotta identify your weakest points. Then we need to address them, make a game plan. And that's how we can get considerably better than, than just like a nitpick quarter buoy, things like that. So f- find yeah. your weaknesses, attack them, you know, find a game plan, get a coach, ski with Trent, you know, whatever you can do, uh, you know, you, you need to get the tools in, in the 30,000 foot view, but address your weaknesses yep. and, and you'll see the, your biggest rewards. Ah, uh, love it, man. Love it. Awesome. All right, you guys. Thanks. Uh, thanks for listening. We're spray makers. Yeah, buddies. Catch you next time.